Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows is presented by BetSGPN. BetSGPN is where you'll find all the best sportsbook promotions and deposit bonuses. And just head on over to BetSGPN.com. BetSGPN, your home for online sports betting. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and betters, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, indeed. Thrilled to be here with another edition of the show, but in particular because we have flipped the calendar. It's here! The baddest month in all of the year, the month of March. March Madness. By the way, it's also the host's birthday uh, this month, so I love celebrating all in and around March uh, with everything that's about to happen in college basketball. We're going to talk a ton of it here as part of Three Dog Thursday. However you found us, wherever you found us, whether it's a social media link, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, whether you found us through the SGPN network of shows, etc., make sure that you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, go find the Three Dog Thursday program uh, under the search. Rate us and review us, and more people will be able to find us uh, again, the month of February in and another tremendous month with thousands and thousands and thousands of you finding us uh, here. And so make sure you subscribe. You get the podcast as it comes to you on Thursday. As soon as it's out for you on Thursday morning, you don't have to do anything. Ding, you get the notification on the phone, on the handheld device, uh, etc. Uh, just take advantage of it by subscribing here to Three Dog Thursday. Reminder, also go find the YouTube roundtable because coming up in the middle segment of the show, you're going to hear from a couple special guests, see what we look like. Three Dog Thursday, subscribe on the YouTube channel as well for Three Dog Thursday. Search us out, find us, and you get the video segment, see what I look like, see what the guests look like. We've got that uh, upcoming. In fact, uh, straight ahead, Brian Edwards will be back here, senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, and Vegas Insider. Brian and I combined 3-0 and last Saturday in college basketball documented. Brian with the Florida Gators and their outright win at Rupp Arena. He called the outright win on this podcast back last week as it debuted on Thursday. I was leaning towards North Carolina. Now, I've got to confess, and I'll say this with Brian again in a minute, 
that I really thought they were going to win against Marquette. They lose at home to Marquette in what was a bad loss in Chapel Hill Wednesday, but turn around and beat Florida State. And I loved North Carolina getting points in that spot with Florida State for the possible upset. They went ahead and beat them anyway, even off of the loss to Marquette. And then I tried to tell you, hopefully you were on board with Kansas getting points at home, handing Baylor their first loss of the season with the Jayhawks winning last Saturday night. Do not count Bill Self's team out in the Big 12. I know they didn't win the regular season title, but come tournament time especially, they're going to be something to watch. So we did well last weekend. Brian Edwards will be here talking more underdogs, including Thursday night games. I'm going to get Brian's thoughts on what was a crazy Tuesday night on a lot of different fronts. Great game, Baylor-West Virginia. Crazy, crazy night in the Horizon League quarterfinals for their tournament being played at home sites. Four different sites had four wild endings. It was something else. So we'll talk about all of that with Brian. He'll give you some underdog predictions up in the first segment of the show as we get ready for March Madness. Now, in the middle segment of the show, YouTube Roundtable, T.C. Martin back with me from Las Vegas. The five-day-a-week T.C. Martin show is on weekday afternoons, tcmartinshow.com. TC will have all the insight on the college hoops coming to Vegas. Not one, not two, five conference tournaments over the next two weekends with automatic bids in the West Coast Conference, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, the WAC, the Big West. They're all playing in Vegas. TC is out there. I'll have some thoughts on that. Plus the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers, uh, one of my guys. I love going to Dave Woloshin, who has been doing uh, sports talk in the Memphis, Tennessee market for 35 years. Hello, voice of the Memphis Tigers now for the last four decades on TV and radio. Going to talk a ton about Memphis, about Penny Hardaway, etc. But not just that. In, in the segment, we'll talk some other college basketball. We'll talk some NFL news with J.J. Watts signing with the Arizona Cardinals. I'll get T.C. and Dave's thoughts on that. Is Deshaun Watson going to stick around in Houston or not? And there's some news even about Tom Brady and might he be contemplating retirement or at, at least uh, he's hearing about it at home, let's just say, about maybe hanging him up after that latest Super Bowl win for my Champa Bay Buccaneers. So that's the YouTube roundtable in the middle segment. And then Brian Edwards back with me in the final segment, getting ready for Saturday and Sunday. Final regular season weekend for the Power Six, the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. Final regular season weekend. Brian's going to have some underdog thoughts for Saturday and Sunday. I'll have a little bit of a taste as well uh, for Three Dog Thursday. But the West Coast Conference Tournament going on this weekend. Also, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Automatic bids going out left and right. And before we get back here, the Southern Conference, the Horizon League, uh, as we mentioned, the West Coast Conference uh, will actually wrap up on Tuesday night. Some of these smaller one-bid leagues, uh, it's always fun to watch them uh, try to battle for the uh, for the chance to go into the NCAA Tournament. And it's going to be a tournament unlike any other Uh, in 2021 because it's all in greater Indianapolis or at least in the state of Indiana. The first couple of rounds are going to have games in West Lafayette at Purdue and in Bloomington, the IU campus. How about how about if Indiana is hosting the NCAA tournament on campus at Assembly Hall in Bloomington and the Hoosiers aren't in the tournament, which uh, would be wild. Uh, And again, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play. Uh, What is it? Bankers Life Coliseum, I believe it is now, where the Pacers play. Uh, The Indiana Farmers Coliseum, I've done games out of there for the Horizon League Championship, did that last season. That one is just north of downtown Indianapolis. 
uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse as well, the home of the Butler Bulldogs uh, in downtown Indianapolis. Hinkle also the home of the legendary movie Hoosiers and all the shots uh, that they have from the basketball scenes and the big uh, state uh, finals game is at, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Love that. Uh, with uh, Coach Norman Dale, Gene Hackman, and Dennis Hopper, the late Dennis Hopper and, Hooter, and Hoosiers. But anyway, they're playing the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a unique tournament. We're going to talk all about it and all these automatic bids that are going to be going out. What a blur. Uh, it's what, some 33, uh, I believe it is, automatic bids because the Ivy League does not have an automatic qualifier. They didn't play this season. Uh, and so that means 30, what, five at-large spots all of it will hone down into March Madness. Can you believe that we're now, as this podcast is being released, and depending on when you're hearing us in the weekend, we're 10 days away off of Three Dog Thursday. A week away from Sunday, we will know the field of 68. And unlike a year ago when we had it yanked all out from under us uh, because of the COVID-19 outbreak uh, that was happening the week of championship week. I mean, we were we were basically like three days away from being able to get out with all of the conference tournaments being played and everything sorting out. But uh, there would not have been an NCAA tournament, as it turns out. At least the conference tournaments would have sorted out. Didn't get it done. Some of them played. As I mentioned, I did the Horizon uh, League championship game a year ago. That championship week in March on the Tuesday night in Northern Kentucky won that. Gonzaga won the West Coast. Uh, On and on uh, for these different uh, tournaments. The uh, the Mountain West went to Utah State the previous weekend. T.C. Martin's going to talk more about that, but... We never got to the rest of championship week and all the power conferences and plus the other leagues like the Sun Belt or uh, the the uh, the WAC, uh, on and on, Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference, trying to determine conference champions. Uh, we never got there. So at least this year we get there. We've got protocols and guidelines and testing in place to be able to play the tournament with limited fans. We'll have something instead of nothing, especially on the tube, and I am all for that as part of Three Dog Thursday. So we'll get to TC and and Wolo on the YouTube roundtable in the middle, sandwiched in between Brian Edwards giving you a lot of underdog advice and a lot of gambling uh, insight and analysis here as we wind it down for some college basketball. A couple of things before uh, we get there. This past week was the anniversary. I love, I have done this for so many years, doing general sports talk on the local level, uh, not only in the Tampa Bay area, but all of Florida, uh, West Central Florida, Central Florida, but also nationally. Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, tune in. I've been privileged to host national shows all over the place as well as podcasts, and I love topics like this. I believe the anniversary this week uh, in the NBA of Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points in an NBA game is the single greatest individual record that will never be broken in any team sport. You're, you're never going to see an individual do something in a single game like what Wilt Chamberlain did, scoring 100 points. Never is a long time. But kids, it was 59 years ago, on March the 2nd, 1962, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Warriors, not the 76ers, were playing the New York Knicks. And who knew that that night Wilt Chamberlain was going to keep taking the ball down low right at the Knicks, get him in foul trouble, and Will was a terrible Will was a terrible free throw shooter, but he made 28 of 32 foul shots that night. He was in the zone, just scoring and scoring and scoring, and Will Chamberlain, no TV from that game, only a radio call. Will Chamberlain did something that no one has been close to before that or since. 60 years right at it of NBA basketball, 
not only has no other NBA player scored 95 points in a game, no NBA player has scored 85 points in a game. The closest is Kobe Bryant's 81 points now 15 years ago, 2006. Again, 81 points is nowhere near 100. It's not close to the record. You're not going to see this. And if you go before Kobe Bryant to the last time somebody scored as many as 78 or 79 points in a game, it's the late 1990s. So you're really, I mean, you're talking about in the last 20 years, the last 21, 22 years, the closest anybody's been is 19 points away to that Wilt Chamberlain record. I mean, I know you can make other arguments for other things in team sports, Harvey Haddock's throwing 12 perfect innings in a Major League Baseball game. No one has come close to that. Yes, there have been perfect games. There have been guys who have left a perfect game in the ninth inning, uh, et cetera, without winning. But nobody threw three more perfect innings like Harvey Haddock's did in the 1950s with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I still don't believe that that rises to 100 points in a game. I got to have like 15 or 16 perfect innings from a starting pitcher in a major league game to get to 100 points. And you could make an argument about somebody shooting a 58 or a 57 in a golf tournament. Again, uh, that's a legendary number for the the greats of the PGA Tour. Par is usually 72, if not 71. Uh, Jim Furyk shot a 58 on the PGA Tour, uh, right? And, And numerous other golfers like David Duvall shot a 59. Still... The equivalent of Wilt getting 100 points in 1962 in an NBA game that hasn't been touched, that would be like shooting a 53 on the PGA Tour, where you're making eagle after eagle after hole out after hole in one again with all of the birdies that you're still making. It's ridiculous to contemplate this. So Chamberlain's record, uh, I'm all about it and, and all about that standing alone. Um, what else do we have for you? We, we've certainly got a ton of college basketball. We are going to talk some NFL. The J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals surprised me. T.C. Martin and Dave Wolosian will talk more about it. It surprised me because he's not going to a ready-to-win championship contender. I don't care what you think of, uh, of Kyler Murray, Murray's ability to gunsling or Cliff Kingsbury and the high-powered uh, offense that he brings. They didn't even make the playoffs a year ago. They perennially, I know Kurt Warner had him in a Super Bowl earlier in the 2000s, what, 2008 season, the 2009 Super Bowl in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium, by the way. But it's been a long time since then, and they're not even a playoff team right now. Watt could have come to my Buccaneers, could have gone to the Kansas City Chiefs, could have gone to play with his brother with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and had a much better chance, especially if Big Ben is back in Pittsburgh. You know what the Chiefs have with Mahomes. You know what the Bucs have with Brady. you got an, you got a, a virtual... A certainty that you're going to be in the AFC or the NFC championship game with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers with a chance to get a ring. If you're if you're so uh, bent, not just on making money, but on contending for a title, those are the teams to go to right now in the NFL dynamic. But uh, Watt chooses to stay in the in the uh, West. Uh, in this case, it, well, Houston's in the Southwest. Goes to the different conference, and he will play with the Cardinals against the likes of the L.A. Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks that will be terrorized. Can Watt stay healthy at his age? He's had problems staying healthy. Knee injuries, uh, elbow injuries, back problems, other problems. Can he stay healthy? He gets that two-year deal. So we'll talk more about that. And uh, we know there are more trades coming involving quarterbacks. Russell Wilson supposedly wants out. I I believe that Seattle ownership and Pete Carroll sign off on on this. I'll believe that when I actually see it. 
Because if you're Pete Carroll, I mean, I know coaches get arrogant and get full of themselves. It happens all the time in pro sports, and you do the stupidest things that end up getting you fired. But to trade that guy away, I mean, have they have they got such a fractured relationship? I mean, Russell Wilson has won uh, amazing game, amazing comeback after amazing comeback, Super Bowl champion. Uh, again, they're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You got to say Russell Wilson is on track to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you're going to willingly, while he is still in his prime, deal him away. We we are not talking about some of these moves that have already been made. Uh, Carson Wentz being traded to the Chicago Bears. Uh, uh-uh. uh. We're not talking about Jared Goff for Matt Stafford. Neither one of whom have a Super Bowl win. Goff has a Super Bowl appearance and a loss to the Patriots, where he was bad, by the way. Stafford has never been there. Stafford's never won a playoff game. So we're not talking about the same thing as trading Russell Wilson. And as much potential as Deshaun Watson has, he's never played in a Super Bowl, much less won it. We're not talking about Russell Wilson when we're talking to Sean Watson in terms of accomplishment. And Russell Wilson easily has two or three years at the highest level still left. Seattle would be idiotic to get rid of him. I don't care if you do get a couple of number one picks and even a player or two to relieve your salary cap would be idiotic to get rid of him. Build around him as best you can. If you have to part with a couple of other people and take the the painful hit uh, PR-wise to, to free up salary cap room, you may have to do that if you're the Seahawks. Draft better around him. Make a trade for somebody else, too, while you're at it to, to maybe be able to help you. But build around Russell Wilson Uh, and the quarterback. So anyway, there's some thoughts about the NFL offseason. More on that coming up on the roundtable. Lots of college basketball. It's March, after all. You're going to see 15 games over the next two weeks that make absolutely no sense. When you're talking about this weekend and the wrap-up to the regular season and conference tournament play beginning and then championship week over and over and over again, you're going to have teams with losing records pull off upsets. The lower-seeded team's going to make a run over two or three days into the championship game. You're going to get to the first round of the NCAA tournament again. And you're going to see one upset after another. Three or four teams with double-digit numbers next to their name are going to go knock off the big boys and pull off the big upset and blow up our brackets. It will happen. And I'm all here for it. I'm excited about it. So let's get to it. Brian Edwards coming up here to talk a lot about Thursday and the wrap-up to conference play uh, here midweek. Recap Tuesday some in the great Baylor-West Virginia game. Illinois with a big win. Lots of college hoops with Brian Edwards. YouTube roundtable in the middle with TC and Dave Woloshin. And then Brian back for the weekend games. It's all part of the program. Let's get rolling. Indeed, it is the month of March, the best month of the year. The mayhem, the madness, all of the different games, the blur of dozens and dozens and dozens of teams either making their case to get in or watching it go up in smoke at the end of this week and certainly next week for championship week, that's for sure. And my pleasure to welcome in from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, kudos to Brian Edwards, Uh, From MajorWager.com, he came through with an underdog uh, on Saturday. I ended up coming through uh, as well with a couple of them. We were were handing them out. Uh, I love the Kansas Jayhawks at home, and they got it done. Uh, I also said watch out for the, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels with Florida State. I mean, go figure. North Carolina, now that we're back on the show, Brian, loses to Marquette in that game that we thought was rubber stamped and they were going to win, that, that, sudden, uh, that suddenly like a pickup game last Wednesday. 
They turn around and beat Florida State at home and then go to the Carrier Dome on Monday night and Syracuse beats them. So go figure Carolina with the Duke game losing uh, looming this weekend. But we have had some underdog success, my friend, on this uh, program here over the last couple of weeks. So let's hope that it keeps up. Happy March. How are you feeling? Um, I'm, I feel great. My um, my voice probably doesn't sound like it. I, I think the, uh, the pollen uh, invasion of early March in the Sunshine State uh, has, has messed with my vocal cords. But uh, other than that, I'm great. Well, you know, other than having uh, lost uh, two underdog bets uh, in overtime in the last uh, – or in a five-day stretch, obviously including – West Virginia plus four and a hook yesterday and that five point loss of that instant classic and then Boise State plus seven, uh losing in overtime at San Diego State last uh, I believe it was Thursday. So other than uh the voice and those two bad beats, I'm doing wonderful. No, I understand totally. Uh as in particular and we'll get to the West Virginia uh, Baylor game, which I believe was every bit as good as that Michigan-Ohio State game back now at the time that we're releasing Three better. Dog Thursday, about 11, 11 days. And you'll even go so far as to say better that it was uh, that it was that good. But you had your Gators last Saturday as well with the win at Kentucky, which was basically the final death knell for any chance of Kentucky getting in to the NCAA tournament short of winning the SEC tournament. And they, they validated that, reconfirmed it with a loss to Ole Miss on Tuesday night at the time that we're taping. So you had the Gators. I had North Carolina. I had Kansas, who was very impressive with Baylor. How much credit, let's move to that game just real quick. How much credit do you give Baylor uh, to go into Morgantown and get the win and the way that they got the win, having to scrap after after having such a hot start, leading by double figures? West Virginia came back. West Virginia led at one point by five down the stretch. And Baylor didn't quit and won the game and captured their first conference championship in the regular season in 71 years going all the way back to the old southwest conference and 1950 is the last time that baylor had a conference championship how much do you credit the bears for what they did in that game in morgantown tuesday oh tons of credit i mean they went 18 days without a practice and then looked horrible against an iowa state team that is still winless in the conference had to rally late to beat them and then you know your underdog pick last week they, they take their first L uh, at Kansas and, and then you go to Morgantown where, where it's always tough to win um, I went back and uh, you know looked at the play-by-play of the game uh, from the 458 mark of regulation to like a minute five uh, the two, both teams combined to make nine of ten shots wow and from the four minute mark through overtime there were six ties and 12 lead changes. It was a thriller. And um, I, I had been saying all year, Ohio State and, and Michigan, the game you referenced, was the best game I, I'd watched all year. And it was a high-level game. But Michigan pulled away in the last two minutes. I mean, neither team would allow the other uh, to pull away yesterday. And I, I want to get your opinion on it. Um what did you think of the charge call mm. uh, on Deuce McBride down three uh, with about twenty eight seconds? I thought left? it was I thought it was terrible. I thought it was a flop, uh, uh, and especially West Virginia at home. Um, it just uh, there were there were two or three of those in that game. It just continues to reinforce that time and again in these 
games that mean more and more, the officials just struggle to ever get charge block consistently right uh, with that. I like the fact that they're going to flopping now and, and, and being able to go to a monitor and say if a guy flopped, we're going to warn him and then we're going to potentially call a technical foul uh, for flopping. That was questionable at best. I, I like that as a play on. Um, and again, you yeah, had, I would have been I would have yeah. been fine if it, if it was a play on. Yes. I mean, he, he you know he didn't extend the arm. The defender did not beat him to the spot. You just can't call a charge there. Now I, I would be okay with the a play on, but um, yeah, I, we're on the same page. Well, and and again to your point, I mean Baylor has the ball with a second and a half left, trying at the end of regulation in a tie game to lob it. And, and get a score Ooh. to win and throw it all the way away out of bounds oh. with no one touching it. And now West Virginia has it at midcourt with yeah. a chance to win. That game had it all. That that looked like Sweet 16, Elite 8-type drama oh, yeah. in the NCAA tournament from that. And again, kudos to Baylor and uh, and able to get the win. Now that's going to morph into a three-dog Thursday underdog for you on Thursday in a moment. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But, I mean, we, we've seen teams that are playing at a high level here at the end of the year. I mean, at the time that we're coming to you, we go ahead on on Tuesday in the chronology, and Illinois, without Ayo Dosumu, who's one of the top players in college basketball, if not the Big Ten Player of the Year, they're playing without him. They're playing on the road, hello, and they destroy Michigan Tuesday. What a performance. I know it's a regular season small sample, but what a performance by Illinois in the best conference in the country, Brian. Yeah, and after I've been saying, after watching, you know, what Michigan had done the last two weeks, I had been, you know, saying that Michigan's the best team in the country. And uh, they got their ass tore up at home last night, like you said, without Illinois' best player. Um, It'll probably be good for them in the long run. Um, But, more, man, just an absolute pimp slap. And kudos galore uh, to Illinois for that because that was just a – whooping yeah we we've got some teams playing really well michigan before last night illinois and, and i tell you two teams that actually played each other in the sec uh big 12 challenge that are both on fire and again like we're going to get to oklahoma state in a minute but i'm talking about arkansas and oklahoma state are both hot as a firecracker yeah there's no doubt uh k cunningham and oak state uh winning on monday income from behind fashion how about he goes all the way to like the three-minute mark before he ever scored. After he had 40 on Saturday in Norman in that Big 12 showdown, he turns around and is scoreless going into the final three minutes or so of the game, three, four minutes with Oklahoma Monday night. Yet he gets a couple of big hoops, had a couple of other big plays, rebound, assist, and they find a way uh, to win in the end. Again, the, the level of play is ramping up uh, for sure. Brian Edwards with me, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, We are going to have some fun here with some Thursday underdogs. We're also going to get into the conference tournaments for this weekend in the final segment. So after our YouTube roundtable comes up here, uh, the video roundtable, and the audio will be playing on this podcast if you're only hearing us on the audio podcast, uh, we we will get into some Saturday stuff, some conference tournament stuff, Gonzaga, BYU, and the West Coast Conference tournament going on, Mountain West Conference tournament also in Las Vegas as we're talking with T.C. Martin in the middle segment. He's going to be at all these conference tournaments in Vegas as a Vegas radio host. T.C., love him. So those tournaments are going on. Missouri Valley going on this weekend. I'll get Brian's thoughts about all of that in the final segment of the show. Speaking of conference tournaments, I want to go back to Tuesday night in the Horizon League 
And Brian, again, I have affinity for this league and their championship game. In each of the last six seasons, I have done the championship game of the Horizon League on TuneIn and National Digital Radio. Northern Kentucky, the champ a year ago. This is a league with Wright State and Cleveland State and Milwaukee and Detroit and Youngstown State. It is an upper Midwest conference. And what about the mayhem, Brian Edwards, that they had on Tuesday night where three of the four games go to overtime. They're playing their quarterfinals on campus sites. Three of the four go to overtime. The fourth one is Northern Kentucky winning on a last-second tip-in where they had like four cracks to tip in the winning shot down by one. Just incredible drama, including the Milwaukee team against Wright State. Milwaukee, with a losing record, Brian, was down 24 points with six and a half minutes to go. Let me say again, down 24 at Wright State at their home facility in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Wright State still led by 18 with five minutes left, still led by 12 with two and a half minutes left, and found a way to blow it, end up in overtime, and Milwaukee with a losing record upset them. Just crazy stuff. Cle- Cleveland State, the top seed, goes to triple overtime to win their game with Detroit. Um, it was it was crazy in the Horizon League on Tuesday. This is what March is all about, especially in a one-bid league like that. Right, Brian? Absolutely. Uh, there's there's no quit in March, especially when you get to conference tourneys when it's your last uh Last two raw, you, you never know. And uh, I, I hope it's only the, uh, a precursor to many, many, many buzzer beaters that we went without <laughs> last year, unfortunately. Yeah, we didn't have anything in March uh, to go on. And I may have said Detroit, they actually beat Purdue-Fort Wayne. Cleveland State, Purdue-Fort Wayne, first year in the league. Does Brian Edwards have any hope of getting the Purdue-Fort Wayne uh, nickname? Uh, any Any guess? You, you don't have any hope because if you don't know it, you're never you're never going to know it and come it up. Uh, and I the had to look Mastodon, it up. Oh, you do baby. know it. You do know it. So, That's why you are you. That's why you're I, you. Yeah, I mean, of the 340 plus t- teams, all right. I, I think there's like 330 something playing this year, but I think it's just normally 353 ish uh, Division One teams. I bet I can get about 300. You're good. You're good at that. Yeah, so Purdue-Fort Wayne, with a losing record, pushed the number one seed Cleveland State in Cleveland into triple overtime. And what a phenomenal name for Cleveland State, a reserve big man because they had been in foul trouble, etc., named Aljavion Eichelberger. That's his name. Banked in a three with about four seconds left in double overtime to force triple overtime where Cleveland State eventually outlasted Purdue-Fort Wayne. The Mastrodon is their nickname. 108 to 104. Cleveland State, very Brian Edwards-like here from Three Dog Thursday, took 87 shots in the game, in the 55-minute game. They took 87 shots and scored 108 points. That is amazing. That's Harden, Kyrie, and Kobe. That is. I I wouldn't take that many shots in a season. That was a bunch. So, again, they now, because of the COVID guidelines, wanted to give their teams as much as possible on time. They will take five days in between now and the semifinals, which will play next Monday night in Indianapolis, the championship game on Tuesday night in Indianapolis for those teams, for Cleveland State, Milwaukee, Oakland University out of the Detroit suburbs, and Northern Kentucky, the defending champ. Those are the teams that move on out of the Horizon League. So just just some fun stuff there on that point. You got anything else on that? 
Well, I was just I was just gonna say the stunner of last night was Boise State going down. They are they um are undefeated or they were previously undefeated at home uh all year and they go down as a thirteen and a half point favorite to Fresno. It is not the time of year, even though it was two very competitive tight games at San Diego State last week. It is not the time for a bubble team to go on a three game losing streak. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where that left uh, left Leon Rice's club with with Lunardi, but I, I know they're they're very. You know, I, I felt like they were comfortably in most of the year. In fact, I thought they were going to be a dangerous eight nine seed to advance for a number one seed. But three straight L's, all games they could have won, uh, and and now Boise is in trouble. Um, I, I still think I don't know how many. Uh, here I can pull it up. Uh, as long as they make the finals of the Mountain West tournament, and uh, let's see how many games do they have left. They have. I don't think Boise uh, has a regular season yeah, game. I'm right. looking at the same time that you're looking. You're right. That that they was don't. it. So they get to stew and and Ooh, just be frustrated. Right with ending with a loss at home on senior night, right? So it's not good for them yeah. to have to wait. And their and their stud senior, Derek Austin, who's had such a great year. He was uh, atrocious last night. He had uh, four of 16 from the field, one of eight from three, twice as many turnovers as assists. Uh, not good. Well, we'll see what happens. And and speaking of just a couple of more moments here with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. Before we get to our YouTube roundtable, we're going to talk much more hoops. T.C. Martin's out in Las Vegas. My buddy Dave Wolotion, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, they'll be on the roundtable. You'll be able to hear all the conversation right here through the audio podcast, but you can see us as well on YouTube uh, under Three Dog Thursday. Uh, one more here, Duke, and I know you're not heartbroken over this. Michigan State got the big yeah. win over Indiana. Kentucky has taken two losses since last we talked to you, so it doesn't look like they're going to get in. Michigan State, it looks like they are going to get in. I believe, quick answer, quick opinion from you, I believe Michigan State is in right now. I think a win over Michigan only keeps them uh, higher in and not in the first four. I think they've done enough right now that even with two Michigan losses, provided they don't get blown out twice by Michigan and then lose badly in the Big Ten tournament. That's the one qualifier that I'll put there as the last three impressions. I think they've done enough to get in right now. Do you believe Michigan State is a tournament team right now? Uh, yes. I, I would say with these four wins in their last five games, uh, I would say yes, but there's still plenty of time for them to play themselves out. They lose to Michigan twice by double-digit margins and then lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, it'll be very, very, very scary. Uh, it, it'll be the most stressful selection Sunday Tom Izzo's had in decades. Yep, 22 years in a row they've been in the NCAA tournament, looking for 23 in a row. And Duke in jeopardy as well uh, after the loss to Georgia Tech. Since we've talked to you, they blew the game at home with Louisville that they were winning, got, th- got themselves into overtime, and Louisville beat them. And now Georgia Tech beat them in overtime uh, as well where uh, Hurt had fouled out for Duke. Of course, we know that uh, Jalen Johnson is not there any longer. They still have uh, uh, Wendell Moore. They still they still have a couple of talented players. But Georgia Tech, on their senior night, finds a way to get a win. And Josh Pastner now has wins over North Carolina, over Syracuse. Kentucky is bad, yes, but now also over Duke. And they look like they could be in the tournament, Georgia Tech, for the first time in 11 years. They still maybe have some work to do, but Georgia Tech is right there on the doorstep as an at-large team, right, Brian? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. Georgia Tech has played well here down the stretch. Um 
I, again, kind of like Sparty, if, if today was Selection Sunday, I would say Sparty and Georgia Tech are in. Uh, but, you know, all these bubble teams, you, sure. you, know, you don't need the L's right now. You need more W's. And Georgia Tech, 40 in the net ranking, the NCAA's net power ranking, and uh, just two Quadrant 1 wins, but they are 6-0 and in Quadrant 2. And again, wow. wins over bubble teams like Syracuse, North Carolina, and Duke head-to-head are not going to hurt them. That is for sure. sure. Uh, all right, so let's get to a couple of underdogs for Thursday. You already kind of tipped this, that off the emotional win for Baylor in Morgantown, they are still out on the road and will be playing again. Or I'm sorry, they're back at home in Waco on senior uh, night for um, Thursday night, Baylor back home with Kate Cunningham and Oklahoma State, and you like this, the Cowboys, who are a double-figure underdog in this game, making a late-season run. I couldn't believe it when I saw that it was in double digits. Uh, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So, Oklahoma State has only lost by more than three points this year twice, okay? They're, they're plus 11.5 or 12 uh, to Baylor. The only time they've lost by more than 12, it, it was to Baylor, but there was no Cade Cunningham. They only had eight players available, and, and they led by four at halftime in Stillwater. Uh, Baylor got it going mid-second half, pulled away, but won 81 to 66. But, um, you know, they're off an overtime game, a 48-hour turnaround. Now, Oklahoma State played Monday, uh, which is uh, kind of a quick turnaround as well, but they've got an extra 24 hours uh, to prep. And o- OSU is 8-3 and three against the spread with seven outright wins in 11 games as an underdog. And they bring a five-game winning streak uh, into Waco. Uh, and they're going to have Cade Cunningham, uh, one of the best players in the country, in uniform, unlike uh, they in Stillwater when they still led Baylor by four. And remember, Baylor went 18 days without practicing, so they're still kind of getting their legs under them. And now this quick turnaround uh, after an overtime game. Uh, I like Oklahoma State here a lot, and uh, I won't be surprised if they went outright. How about that with with Cunningham again distributing the ball and scoring? And I misspoke uh, because of the Big 12 switching around games. Baylor actually does have one more home game. This will not be the senior night on Thursday night with Oak State. It will actually be Sunday with Texas Tech in the makeup of that game. That's the Baylor regular season finale. We already know they're the number one seed for the Big 12 tournament the following weekend. Now it is a matter of how much distance do they put between themselves and the other ones. And that's that's a big resume game for Oklahoma State Thursday night, and it's another resume-building game for Texas Tech to be in Waco on Sunday as well. And you are also looking at the first of two matchups for Michigan State in Ann Arbor against Michigan. Again, a double-digit underdog in this game, Brian Edwards. Yeah, you know, so I have been kind of saying for about two weeks that, you know, I all of a sudden think Michigan's the best team in the country. But, you know, like we hit on uh, a few minutes ago, boy, they got it taken to them bad uh, last night. Now, does that leave them in bounce back mode or does that leave their confidence uh, shattered? Um, I think regardless, now I'm not saying I'm as bullish on it as I am Oklahoma State. I love Oklahoma State tomorrow. But I'm definitely leaning and probably going to have Michigan State catching double digits. They've won four or five. Uh, the Sunday game at Maryland uh, being the, the, the L, but Maryland's really coming on strong uh, right now as another hot, hot team. 
uh, as well. But I, I think Sparty catching double digits, um, I, I won't say desperation mode, but, yeah, you, I, I think that Izzo and his bunch know if they go into Michigan and win outright, that will seal, uh, uh, you know, an at-large bid for sure. So they're coming in hungry. And, um, yeah, Sparty plus – I mean, you don't get Izzo plus double digits very often. Very interesting, too. The Texas will be playing at Oklahoma later on Thursday night. That's another Big 12 makeup game. They're trying to get all these games in for television as much as anything else. Um, you know, and again, for all for all the hemming and hawing, we're going to get great basketball here at the end of the regular season trying to make these games up. And, and I think we as the armchair whomever's, Brian, I'm not saying you're saying this, but everybody that's criticizing, well, you know, they're playing three games in five nights or, or whatever. you got to remember it's college-age kids, too, that are much more resilient, uh, and they're going to have to in conference tournament play. Granted, it's the same site with no travel. Play, in some cases, three games in three nights, or some may have to win four in four days to get it done. Yeah. And we're not going to bat an eye when that's going on for being back out on the court, back out on the court again, back out on the court a fourth straight day. So let's see how it goes on that on that front. Final thought there. I mean, Thursday night is just going to be wild here coming up as we release the podcast. That's for sure. Well, you, you remember those couple of years where the Big East had 16 teams? And yes. That Jerry, McNamara, that Jerry McNamara team had to play five times in five days. And they finally ran out of gas in the second half against Louisville uh, at that at MSG on a Saturday night. Well, and night, remember, but, uh, UConn did it. They With Kimball Walker, the year they won the national title, they won five in five days and then won the whole yep. thing after that, yep. uh, beating Butler in the championship game. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I cannot the wait. Cha- the worst championship game of all time. <laughs> it certainly was not, uh, let's say, aesthetic. It was not a Picasso. That's for sure. All right, so we got a ton of games on Thursday. Good luck, Brian, with the underdog. Stand by for me. He's going to come back in the final segment and talk about the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and even conference tournaments. The YouTube roundtable straight ahead with T.C. Martin from Las Vegas. Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, my alma mater. Go Tigers, go. That is coming up straight ahead. But first, we're proud to announce that we've just launched BetSGPN. BetSGPN.com is your home for the best online sportsbook promotions. And our featured sportsbook this week is PointsBet. PointsBet has a ton of player props, live wagering options, and more. And all the lines that we're using during any of our shows right now are coming from Points Bets. You like parlays? Points Bets has you covered with the parlay boosts. For example, you just heard Brian Edwards talking about Oklahoma State against Baylor getting the double figures. I happen to like Michigan State getting the double figures at Michigan. Both of those games coming on Thursday night. You got the opportunity to get even more information and get a great bet down at pointsbet.com. And if that's not enough, they're offering two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's right, up to $2,000 risk-free bets just go to pointsbet.com and use the promo code sgp pointsbet.com promo code sgp there are terms and conditions it's void where prohibited you've got to be 21 or over and if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services 
Let's talk more about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app, and get the opportunity to go and play. And we're going to make it worth your while because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is SGP30 at betql.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at betql. It's betql.com, promo code SGP30. We are also brought to you in part by BetterThan.Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv Better than Vegas, BTV, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV so you don't miss out on any of these videos. Head over to betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas to see more. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SGP. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. And Three Dog Thursday does continue with the YouTube video roundtable and a couple of my uh, faves, a couple guys that I love commiserating with, not just on their shows, but off the air with them. Uh, first up, longtime voice. I don't want to make him out to be ancient, but this guy has got four decades on the mic calling Memphis Tigers basketball. He has seen it all from Penny Hardaway to Derrick Rose to John Calipari and back. Dave Woloshin, voice of the Memphis Tigers. Great to have you Good here you. on Three Dog Thursday on the video. Your technology working fantastic, sir. Well, it's because somebody set it up for me, I promise. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love that. So Wolo is in Memphis, and, and you just saw a preview of my initials brother from another mother, T.C. Martin out in Las Vegas. The T.C. Martin Show, as you can see on his screen, is on five days a week out in Vegas every afternoon. How are you, my friend? It's good to have you with all that's happening. Good to, good to see you. It's, it's great to be with you, my friend, and Dave as well, too. Uh, go Tigers, by the way. Uh, and of course, TJ always wants to talk about Tampa being the epicenter of uh, the championship sporting world, which I will give him that. But let's remember, my friend, these first few weeks in March, Las Vegas is the epicenter of college basketball. Let's remember that. TC you guys was have going, enough cut tournaments. That's, that's what I was going to say. TC was going right now, over. Exactly. You were going over this with me. You have five tournaments that you're going to try to get to at one point or another. College basketball coming up. We we bow. We bow to your conference <laughs> tournament presence because there's very few that can do that. And one more thing because I'm sporting the Tampa Bay Rays hat, because whenever I get a chance, and for the YouTube audience, come find us. As I often say, if you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, however you found the show, social media link to hear us, come find us on YouTube, see the video, see what we look like. TC uh, and I go back and forth about the Tampa Bay Rays. He still has not forgiven Kevin Cash, the manager, for pulling Blake Snell out of game six of the World Series. You think you haven't forgiven him. We still haven't forgiven that. And I, I guess it's going to take till like another postseason before we can forgive him for that. But TC's big on like the Astros because you have Dusty Baker on your show. He's a good friend of yours. So I'm just needling you wearing mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Rays. But you have trumped me. You have matched me because Woloshin is the voice of the Tiger. So we see his Tiger background. Mm -hmm. But what did you pull out of the archives, out of the mothballs, out of the closet? Show that to the audience slowly there, TC. What do you well, have on you, right now? When you said we had Dave on today, I had to dress for the occasion, my friend. So there we go, right here. Memphis oh, man, Tiger shirt just for us, and it didn't blend too badly in the background. Very good. That, that is fantastic there on the screen. So I'm the only one not wearing Tiger stuff. I got Buccaneer Super Bowl hats. I got a Rays hat. I got a... And I'm an alum of the three of us. I'm the only one with the sheepskin from Memphis, from the old Memphis True. State, now the University of Memphis. You, you're out of season, my friend, right now. We're, Dave and I, we're in season. You're out of season. Well, TC, when you first started getting up, I thought that was going to say Memphis State. And I know you go back with Penny Hardaway. So yes. that could have been appropriate. Tell, tell the story real quick, because Penny's now the coach. Penny, the former great player at Memphis, a longtime NBA, uh, all-star, et cetera. But tell your Penny Hardaway story, TC Martin. Uh, used to coach high school basketball in Sacramento and, uh, you know, founded one of the very first AAU teams back when, you know, you actually had a true all-star team for your city. Now everybody and their mother has neighborhood AAU teams, as we know, right? But when we went to the Nationals, uh, going back when Penny Hardaway was in high school, we faced that Memphis team. I believe it was in a quarterfinal in Orlando, Florida. And at that point in time, this group, I mean, they were famous for their AU programs, I'm sure, as you guys know. They had won like 89 in a row at one point in time. And yes, our Sacramento Cal Star team led them at halftime. However, but, second half nah. didn't happen. <laughs> they made they it played, 90 in a row. They or 91. Like two halves. Exactly. Along those, along those lines, first time I ever saw Penny Hardaway, I really wasn't even going to see Penny Hardaway. Elliot Perry was a senior on the same high school team as Penny as a freshman. And of course he wasn't Penny then, he was Anthony Hardaway. Correct. He wasn't even started. And we came to watch the guy that we thought was gonna to commit to Memphis and he did, Elliot Perry. All of a sudden the skinny kid wearing number 25, the uniform is too big for him. 
And they go, Anthony Hardaway. We go, who is this guy? And then he started playing. And we almost forgot about Elliot Perry. And he was a great player, played in the NBA. Absolutely. But Penny Hardaway, you could tell when he was just a little kid how special he was. Yeah, you know, back in those days, I mean, Memphis was just such a hotbed uh, of, of talent. And these guys were known basically through, throughout the United States. So we went, went to these tournaments. We're like, oh, man, we're going to face Memphis. Watch out for Memphis. And uh, we had some great battles with those guys. No, no doubt. And I'll even add one story, too. And this is around the time that I met Wolo for the first time. I was a student at Memphis State. And a couple of upperclassmen buddies of mine that were broadcasting majors said, hey, we're going to go see the future of either Memphis State basketball or Arkansas basketball. Because Penny was either going to go to one of two places, either for Larry Finch at Memphis State or Nolan Richardson at Arkansas. And Dave, we went to that same uh, Treadwell High School game. But the, in this case, they weren't. I don't know if your game was at Treadwell High School, which had a much smaller gym. We went to another gymnasium, White Station High School, yeah. that seated something like 2,000 people. And I exaggerate you not, there were probably 2,500 and maybe closer to 2,700 or more fire marshal disaster with people everywhere. Right. And I watched a junior Penny Hardaway, probably around the time T.C. Martin that you were coaching against him in AAU, dominate a game. Uh, it, it was uh, unreal to watch a 6'7", maybe 180-pound soaking wet Penny Hardaway the other team's playing triangle and two with two guys guarding Penny in, everywhere. He still scored 40 points. Yeah. He went up for a dunk. And I exaggerate you not that looked like NBA Penny Hardaway dunking on Patrick Ewing, et cetera. But he went up for a dunk and they about tore the place down that night. And I looked at the guys that I was with and said, he's a junior in high school doing right. this stuff. So yes, the Penny Love Fest uh, is going on. And that's a perfect segue just for a second, because Wolo, I want to talk some NFL. TC, I want to talk a little bit NFL. Then I want to come back to college basketball. You're around Penny Hardaway now as the coach of the Memphis mm -hmm. Tigers. We're that old. What is this like to be around him? It's now, I believe, his third season. What is this like to be around him, knowing he was such a great uh, player and such a legend in that city, and now he's the coach of the Memphis Tigers? Well, he's, he's a terrific guy to begin with. And it, it, it's really, it, I guess it goes to show you how we all hope to go full circle, because I did his games on television as uh, when he was a player. And he still refers to some of those calls, which I appreciate. And now I've got him as the coach. He, he's just a genuinely terrific human being. This is no lie. The other day, his team is out with COVID. We have this snowstorm that we, last time we had this much snow was 1985. It was crazy. Mm. People were getting stuck in the snow. He was able to literally get out because his team couldn't, but he didn't have COVID. He was going out, just driving around, helping people. He helped this old lady stranded on Walnut Grove. I, I mean, just a great story and really and truly just a, a, a great guy. I've never seen him turn down anybody for a selfie or an autograph. He always takes his time. He always talks to these people, listens to them. He, he's, he's a special guy, a special player, and, and, and a special guy as a human being. Love, love me some Penny Hardaway. Now I'm gonna bring up a bad memory. Just one more TC Martin. You brought up Orlando and the AAU tournament, Penny Hardaway's final college game. Wolo, I don't think you were on the radio call at that time, but I was there. You were there in the Orlando arena, Western Kentucky upset the Memphis oh, yeah. state tigers ended Penny Hardaway's career as dejected as you could imagine after the game, his career is over. He knew he was going to the, uh, going to the NBA. 
So Penny Hardaway's final game in the Orlando arena, several months later, he's drafted by golden state, but traded for Chris Webber in the nineties and plays his first NBA game in his first few NBA years in the same Orlando arena. I still remember having uncle Wolo on the radio with me doing sports talk in Tampa when they were ready to burn central Florida down over not getting Chris Webber to, to pair him with Shaq. You were talking people off the ledge, uh, Dave yeah. Lotion and saying this guy can play and this guy's going to help you as a guard and as an assist guy with Shaq. I still remember that. And then Penny went on to a long career in Orlando and in the NBA. Oh, it, it, it turned out to be a great move. I still remember that last shot against Western Kentucky. The play was designed for by Larry Finch for Penny Hardaway. We had a really good three point shooter named Rodney Newsom, who's now a high school coach. For whatever reason, Rodney decided he was taking the last shot. And it didn't work out well. <laughs> and it ends up being an L. And that's what March is all about. And I promise we'll circle back on Three Dog Thursday to everything with college hoops. Uh, TC is going to talk some Vegas and the West Coast Conference Tournament coming with Gonzaga to Vegas this weekend. Wolo going to talk the end of the American Conference season. Again, the league that Memphis is in has Houston and Wichita State and SMU, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about that in a moment. But as I, as I share the screen, guys, let's talk about uh, here as the YouTube audience is seeing this. Uh, the story in the NFL offseason, J.J. Watt earlier this week, T.C. Martin to you first, very similar to your deal on your radio show in Vegas. J.J. gets $23 million guaranteed for the next two years. He chooses the Cardinals on a two-year deal. How surprised are you that when he could have chosen to go anywhere, including playing for my Champa Bay world champion Buccaneers, he chose Arizona? How surprised are you? I was surprised and everyone that I've talked to is pretty much surprised uh, about this move. But, you know, again, you know, with, with, with JJ Watt, I think, you know, he was, he was looking for the money here, uh, you know, to a certain degree. And uh, you know, there is a lot of upside in Arizona and you can think what you want about Kyler Murray and on the offensive side of the ball, but that defense has always been their staple. And they really were, had a, had a letdown defensively this year. Uh, but they did have some uh, some injuries uh, on that on that side of the ball as well too. So then with Chandler coming back, uh, he missed 11 games last year, and then with Watt to to go beside him, uh, their secondary already pretty strong. I think that he felt this is a fresh start. Uh, let's go over here to the NFC. Uh, Arizona, as you know, is a you know maybe not the Cardinals, but people love you know living in Arizona. That probably had something to do with it as well too. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially Packer fans, were hoping that he would end up in Green Bay. Uh, there was some talk that uh, Aaron Rodgers and J.J. Watt had some conversations. They are pretty friendly. Of course, Watt grew up in Wisconsin and went to University of Wisconsin, was a diehard Packer fan growing up. So I think he you know, entertained that for a while. However, I think the Packers really squashed that deal because the Packers are not known for spending a lot of money, especially with free agents. So I think that was, uh, um, you know, you got taken aback by a little of that, not knowing exactly how long Rodgers may be there and all that little bit of turmoil. But then, you know, Cleveland really kind of surprised me as well, too. Like, that was the flavor of the month. Are you really considering the Cleveland Browns? Seems a little bit strange there. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, Tampa Bay would have made some sense. They probably could have, uh, you know, you know better than I do if they could fit, you know, his salary into the cap there, that sort of thing. But I think Arizona was just – uh, when you look back now in retrospect, it, it kind of makes some sense. Uh, there is this view that Arizona is kind of an up-and-coming team, and uh, it's a two-year deal, $23 million guarantee. He's not going to say no to that. Dave Wolotion, your opinion here. I know you've been talking about it on your afternoon show on Sports 56, the all-sports station in Memphis. 
How surprised are you that it was not a championship contender? This is an Arizona team that hasn't didn't even make the playoffs last year. Uh, how surprised are you, J.J. Watt picked there when he could have picked anywhere? Well, it's evident that Kyler Murray was a, a much better salesman than Aaron Rodgers. Although Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' uh, fiance is, is pretty impressive. He sold her, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm a little surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be. Tell me, what does J.J. Watt ever want? He wanted the money, guaranteed money. He's never had a, uh, a big game that you could talk about in a big circumstance. This is guaranteed. I do think the fact that they came after him, and maybe Cliff Kingsbury has a, a more uh, together environment. He was coming from dysfunction in Houston. We see that more and more. So I think the money and the fact that winning may not be that important, uh, and they really wanted him. But that guaranteed money is probably the big, biggest factor. Well, yeah, you, and you bring it up. I mean, winning is obviously important, you would think, at this stage of his career. But I think the argument can be made, is it the most important thing when you have guys who are willing to take less to go get around a championship team? And we saw that here in Tampa Bay, and we see it in other sports too. Hey, if, I, if I've got a chance to go there as a free agent, whether it's go around, be around LeBron and the Lakers, for example, with a chance to be there, or uh, when Peyton Manning was with the Broncos and a chance to win there, TC, I see you want to add to that. But take less money to go win a title, that that apparently was not at the forefront for J.J. Watt. No, it wasn't. But I think there was one factor there. And, you know, Dave brought up a, a good point about Kyler Murray being the salesperson more so than Aaron Rodgers. The salesperson in this deal, guys, was DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, these guys get to reconnect. And DeAndre Hopkins, if you remember, right. you know, four days after J.J. Watt was released, he was reaching out to him and, uh, you know, posted uh, on social media, uh, photoshopped both of them in Cardinal uniform. So he was doing the recruiting and everything that I have heard when they were their time in Houston, even though one was a wide receiver and, you know, one's a, a D lineman, that these guys were pretty friendly and uh, DeAndre Hopkins actively recruited JJ Watt to Arizona. So they get to reunite and uh, it's a fresh start for JJ Watt. And just like you said, Dave, you know, all that dysfunction that happened this past season in Houston with, um, you know, Hopkins leaving, you know, prior to that, the coaching situation, the GM situation, Bill, going back to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, he wanted a fresh start, and I think he's getting it here. Um, we'll see what happens. Quick take from both of you, Wolo, you first. Is Deshaun Watson going to be on another team? You don't have to pick which one. Is he going to be in Houston, or is he going to be on another team now that Watt is gone, Hopkins is gone, Wolo? I think he's, he's trying to press this. I think he really wants to be gone. Uh, if, if I were the Texans, I don't know that I want a player that I, I don't think wants to be here, but he is a really, really good player. You look at his efficiency numbers, you look what he brings and he's, for instance, you know, you hear maybe, maybe Jacksonville would try to trade him, give Trevor Lawrence to the Cardinals, uh, and, and, uh, to the Texans and you get to Sean Watson. I would take that in a heartbeat if I were the, the Jags because he's a proven commodity. There's always a question about no matter how good that draft choice is, there's always a question, will he really make it? Will it, will, will it go over to the National Football League? So I, I, I really don't know. I mean, if I were the Texans, I, it's hard to keep a guy that really doesn't want to be there. But do they have a choice? I'm not sure. I, I, I guess if you're going to put – uh, make me make a decision. I'll say he won't be there. He won't be there. TC, quickly, do you agree that Deshaun Watson is somewhere else other than Houston? 
you know, th this is tough because really Houston holds all the power here. I mean, if they want to keep him, they're going to keep him. Deshaun Watson can say whatever he wants to say, do whatever he wants to do, lobby as much as he wants to. But the bottom line is, you know, Houston saying, hey, you know, you're the guy. And that's all they got. I mean, they really don't have much of a backup. Are they going to get somebody, you know, via the draft? As of right now, I think if Houston wants to play hardball, I don't think they really are concerned about the feel-good situation, how they look here. Uh, if they feel that he is, gives them the best chance to win, whether he's happy or not, I'm kind of leaning towards he stays. All right, there's the voice of T.C. Martin. He's at T.C. Martin 21 on Twitter. Dave Wolotion is Twitterless even still to this day, but you can find his no, station no, no. I'm I'm on Twitter, but I you're like low profile. I don't tweet. You don't tweet. Yeah. He's low profile. Find him through his station at Sports 56 WHBQ. That's his station in Memphis, and we'll show that again to the audience. If you're only hearing us, come find us on the YouTube roundtable under Three Dog Thursday. Another subject here. I'll share the screen. Uh, last night, at the time that we are taping for Three Dog Thursday, Tom Brady appeared on the Late Late Show on CBS with James Corden, the comedian host, the British comedian host. Uh, so there he is uh, talking on many subjects, uh, including most interesting here, and this is getting some play in the Tampa Bay area. He revealed that his wife, Giselle, who is obviously a multimillionaire supermodel, uh, there are some that, that, that say he, she's got more financial backing in all of her businesses and enterprises than he does as a former NFL player. That's saying something. Anyway, they're a power couple, no doubt. But he revealed last night that she has been urging him to walk away and retire. Uh, I think that's interesting. That's something that we have all speculated with. TC, you begin quickly here. What do you make of that? What Brady revealed? He hadn't revealed that anywhere else. He revealed it last night that she was lobbying. What more do you have to prove is what she was basically saying to him. What do you think, TC? I don't think this is the first conversation that those two have had You know, regarding this. This has been going back for the past couple of years. But, of course, you know, when you win a Super Bowl championship and you relocate and, you know, you're 43 years old. Yeah, I think that's going to be at the top of her mind, but I don't think it's at the top of his mind. I mean, he's having fun. He figures, you know, hey, I've got a couple more years left. And uh, I, I really don't con consider Tom Brady as a guy thinking that, hey, uh, I want to go out on top. For him, if he's healthy, he's enjoying uh, what he has there in Tampa Bay and continue to, to grind out a couple more years, I think he just wants to play football. And I think football was fun again for him this year. So, uh, you know, if he wanted to go that direction, I think we would have heard that, you know, basically leading up to the Super Bowl or immediately after afterwards. But again, you saw in person how much fun uh, he was having at that uh, boat parade afterwards. <laughs> I think Tom Brady's coming back. <laughs> and he did talk a lot about the boat parade on that interview. Uh, so, again, go find it through CBS, James Corden, The Late Show, their Twitter, the YouTube page, et cetera, and you can see the full interview. Dave Wolotion, same question to you. How, in, how interesting do you find that, that his wife was lobbying and saying, what more do you have to prove? I, I wouldn't want to make Giselle mad if I were him. But <laughs> that being said, I would point out to Giselle, I don't think they touched me this year. I, I know in that Super Bowl, they never put a grass stain on the guy. He's pretty safe. If most of these guys are coming back, he's got a chance for another Super Bowl. I agree with TC. He's having a ball. He's loving this. Let it continue for another year or so. What has he got to lose? He's already set for legacy. He's already set for money. This is all a bunch of fun. And until it isn't, 
he should do it. One more important thing, too, and as married men with kids, et cetera, his kids, all of them, three of them, are now old enough where they understand what's going on and are enjoying it. And, and in watching him with my own eyes at field level celebrate with them and with Giselle, and now we've seen all the NFL film stuff, uh, the inside the NFL stuff, the behind-the-scenes stuff, where he was mic'd up, he's hugging them. Is that any fun? He's saying to his daughter, hey, baby girl, was that any fun? He's on the stage saying to Bruce Arians and the other players because they had not been, for COVID guidelines, had, had not been able as a family to even be around. In other words, he's introducing his kids to Bruce Arians and saying, this is Coach B.A. This, I think that's part of this. It may not be a big part of it, but part of it is he's enjoying doing this, and they can see him do it in real time. And he hasn't really had that. The Super Bowl a couple of years ago in New England, he had it, but they were a little younger. Now they can enjoy this a little more. It's just an interesting aspect to the whole story there. Well, did you and, have one and, more thing and, real quick? And one last thing. One other reason why Giselle, please be nice and let Tom play. We want TJ to get another ring. <laughs> yes, I do have two of those hats now that I'm very proud of, the Super Bowl hats. No confirmation yet on Super Bowl rings for the broadcasters. Who knows? Uh, I, I just, I, again, relish being down there at field level for Super Bowl 55 in Raymond James Stadium. I mean, that is an all-time memory, a broadcast memory, uh, a, a professional thrill, but a lot TJ, of fun. To, to, to be fair here, I think that Tom, Tom Brady's kids have a little bit better understanding than your kids. I mean, when it comes to this, when your kids are saying, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to pick the other team, and daddy's going, wait a minute, more wins mean more checks means more drive-throughs for you. Come on exactly. now. I think they're, in the know, Reeves household, kids get it. I went on both of your shows, TC's show in Vegas and Dave's show with, uh, with Brett Norsworthy, Wolo and Stats, the afternoon show in Memphis. Uh, and said to both of you that I had to convince one of the twins, stop picking against the Bucks in the Saints game or the Packers game because more wins means more checks here. That's Daddy right. Daddy keeps working. So it yeah. is a little different pay scale, slightly different pay scale <laughs> between the two, between Tom Brady and between me. All right, few moments left. I want to turn it back to College Hoops. We see now on the screen on the YouTube roundtable, here we go with uh, championship tournament after championship tournament of college basketball, the West Coast Conference, the WCC coming to Las Vegas Vegas, where Gonzaga is the top seed. It's, it's basically been the Mark Few Invitational for years, the Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs. All right, they're the top seed. It is one of numerous college basketball tournaments coming to your area, TC. That one is starting this weekend. Championship game, what, Tuesday night at the time that we're taping, but the tournament getting underway through this weekend. Pac-12 will be there. Who else? Uh, help me out that's coming to, to Vegas, the, the, uh, the West Mountain Conference West, the right? Mac Center it's is, all is coming to Vegas, game. babe. Yes. Tell me more. The They're coming West, to your town. You got the whack. You got, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, the WCC tournament, uh, is is a lot of fun. It's great because it is the first as well. And you know, last year the Mountain West Conference tournament moved theirs up a week because they had a major construction convention of all things in Vegas. So if we go back prior to the pandemic, the last two tournaments that were contested were the WCC and the Mountain West Conference, and both were electric last year. I mean, Gonzaga, like you said, the the Mark Few Invitational. It's always great to see Gonzaga, perennial number one team, number one seed. You know, they were good. They were the number one overall last year heading into it. So it's always great seeing them. But last year at the Thomas and Mack Center, um, it, was, it was a great final between Utah State uh, defeated San Diego State on a buzzer beater by Sam Merrill. It hit one from about 30 feet. And that place was electric. And just, you know, talking to 
the coaches in the Mountain West Conference, you know, the last few weeks and everything. I mean, they are really bummed that there are going to not be any fans at the Thomas and Mack Center because it truly is a, a great atmosphere. And the Mountain West Conference is not a great conference, but, you know, to have all of these schools gather under one roof, you know, for five days is something special. And, you know, going back to the WCC, you know, it has been the Gonzaga Invitational. Uh, they have been challenged in years past, somewhat to a certain degree, by St. Mary's, even BYU. But this year, you know, Gonzaga, obviously, you know, with, with the, one of the top recruits in the nation in, in Suggs, he's going to be a one-and-done guy, the first one-and-done guy probably in Gonzaga history. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's something special. BYU uh, can be a challenge. Uh, I don't expect BYU to beat um gonzaga but uh you know that could be interesting but yeah it all starts on thursday we're looking forward to it semifinals on monday a very weird seating uh my buddy bill cartwright who is in town for usf they're having a down year they're the number eight seed they open up against a nine but if they win they play a five if they win there they play a three because gonzaga (laughs) It's the double buy. Wow. This sounds like something. This, so, this sounds crazy. like something they came up with on the TC Martin show with creative math and trying to figure it all out. So you're going to sort it all out between West Coast Conference, Mountain West, Pac-12 coming there too, which is intriguing. Pac-12 uh, next week. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that goes. Whoa, whoa! I'm going to share the screen. Uh, the Tigers, the Memphis Tigers, were uh, in Tampa last night. You were doing the game remotely. You were not here. I would have been buying you more meals. But the Memphis yep. uh, basketball team here we go go tigers go celebrating in the locker room after a road win over usf level with me wolo this memphis team more than likely has to win the american conference tournament and get the automatic bid what kind of shot does the alma mater really have here home stretch i know there's a houston game looming this weekend what kind of shot do the tigers have in the american tournament fort worth texas what do you say sir well i think if they were to beat houston on sunday that is a nationally televised game noon Eastern time. If they win that game and then say got to the championship game, I think there is an outside chance. The league didn't do him any favors. The, uh, I, I think Mike Oresco would say in hindsight that he gave too much leeway to the athletic directors and to the coaches in scheduling because some weird things have happened down the stretch. Houston refused to play Memphis two games. They played last Sunday. They're not playing again until they play Memphis on Sunday. The league had actually moved that USF game from last night. It was supposed to be tonight. They moved it to Tuesday. So there could be a Thursday game with either Memphis, uh, Houston or Wichita state and both Wichita state and Houston didn't want to play the game. So they want to try to protect where they are right now. I don't think it helps the league. I don't think if, if you're viewing from the outside, you're looking at, at, at a group that's trying to really be competitively balanced at all. I think they're trying to protect the seating for Houston. And I think they're trying desperately to make Wichita State the second American team that will get a bid. But I don't think that their resume is good enough as it stands. So it may be a mistake. And the commissioner, I I don't know if he really made these calls or if ADs and coaches who were given more leeway because of COVID this year, they're the ones that have sort of messed this whole thing up. And just another minute or two here, that's all that we have left. Just important that the league wanted Houston and Memphis to make up the game that Memphis missed because of their COVID pause. And the league, if I'm correct, Wolo, correct me if I'm wrong, the league said you're playing Houston the final week, midweek of the season before you play Sunday, and Houston said no. 
The league wanted it to happen, but Houston said no. Do I have that right? You do have that correct. Uh, basically, about 10 days ago, Penny Hardaway on his television show said to me, they're moving the USF game to Tuesday so that we can play Houston on Thursday in Houston on Sunday in Memphis. And Houston said, no, we're not doing that. We're, 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 we, because Memphis had COVID and disrupted the first game, there's a rule that if you only play once, the team that, have co that had COVID that caused the cancellation has to go to the other team's place. That's what they wanted. They could have played twice this week, and Houston said no. In fact, Houston said let them play Wichita State, which Memphis beat by 20 points earlier in the year, and Wichita State said no, no, thanks. Play again, Houston. Play Houston. To, to your point, you're leaving it up to the schools and their ADs, uh, and that's the American Conference, which, again, Houston is in at large even if they don't win the tournament. So it's yeah. possibly a two-bid league if Wichita, Memphis, or somebody else wins the tournament, but still some hanky-panky at the end of the year. And I'm a Tiger through and through. We, the Tigers should be playing Houston here at the end of the year. I still haven't forgiven guy, the late guy Lewis and Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler for what they did to Memphis, and TC's not along. He knows about it too. All right, before we get out of here on the YouTube roundtable, let me promote for my guys one more time. One TC Martin, you see him right here on social media at TC Martin 21. Go find him there on social media at TC Martin 21. If you're only hearing us, go find his show. Here is his show's homepage, the TC Martin Show, TC Martin Show. Dot com five days a week on in the afternoons in Las Vegas tons of college hoops coming not just this week and next week but all through March Madness you've been seeing and hearing from Dave Woloshin on the YouTube roundtable here is Wolo and his partner Brett Norsworthy stats and uh, one of their most recent shows Wolo very overdressed for the occasion in a suit jacket we love that about him go find him at Sports <laughs> 56 WHBQ there it is on Twitter every afternoon this man has been the dean of Memphis Sports Talk for 30 years in the afternoon sports 56 whbq is the is the station the website and also on social media i think i got all of my plugs in for my guys Good here job. we got to get out of here in like 30 seconds or less final comment tc nice Martin, you, I got, TC. tc i got like 30 seconds for each of you go tc anything you want to riff on promote your show one more time go no, just uh, uh, always a pleasure being on with you, TJ. Look forward to you being on my show. It's uh, March Madness right around the corner, and good luck to those Memphis Tigers. We love that. Wolo, anything else in closing? I know I'm well, buying dinner TC, the next time you're in town. Yes. You owe me Mel's hot dogs for sure. To TC, <laughs> it was very nice to meet you. Enjoy all five of those tournaments. Everybody stay healthy. I'm actually going to Fort Worth for a basketball road game. So I know we're starting to turn the corner. Let's hope so with the vaccine and everything that's going on. Wolo did not do a single basketball game on the road because of the concerns. Again, I came out of an NFL season where we didn't do a single game on the road, including the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. They were all at Raymond James Stadium. It's a crazy time. Let's take what we can get. TC Martin in Vegas, thank you. Dave Woloshin in Memphis, thank you for hanging with me on the Free Dog Thursday podcast. We are back in one more time. Senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, Mr. Brian Edwards. Uh, we're fresh off of that YouTube roundtable where we talked a lot of Memphis basketball and American Conference and all these different conference tournaments that will be getting underway. We have regular season games ending this weekend, but the West Coast Conference Tournament gets underway this weekend. It will not wrap until next Tuesday night before we come back around. We were talking in the in the first segment, all the way back in the first segment with you, about the Horizon League, that crazy quarterfinal night now leading to Indianapolis. 
Missouri Valley Conference tournament going on this weekend. This is just a fun time. Regular season finale games, yes, but automatic bids are going to be going out. Tournament play, upsets, it's all beginning this weekend real quick, Brian. Yes, love it. It's March, baby. It's March. You can feel it. And, and anything after getting robbed of it last year. <laughs> we need double helpings of it. Uh, you know, especially when you see uh, like a Milwaukee team with a losing record again come back from 24 down uh, to win o- over Wright State in the Horizon Tournament. I mean, these these are the kind of upsets that you're going to see over the next 10 days, roughly, into Selection Sunday. We love it every year. All right, so I, I don't know if you have anything that jumps out on the Saturday or Sunday slate. There's a bunch of uh, of regular season finales. Again, SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big East. Uh, you know, Villanova's playing midweek. We don't know the result of their game with Creighton. Of course, Creighton's got the whole controversy uh, with the coach, uh, Scott McDermott, off the court in his, in his comments to his own team in the locker room that got his own team riled up. Uh, racially insensitive comments that he made. So we don't know what uh, Creighton's going to do with Villanova in a rematch game uh, coming on Wednesday night. We don't know that result at the time you and I are taping. But Villanova to finish at Providence, uh, a team that right now midweek is 8-9 and nine in the conference. So that's going on on Saturday. Uh, Illinois, Ohio State, Virginia-Louisville uh, that's taking place. Um, Indiana on life support for any hope for Archie Miller to keep his job and for them to make the tournament playing at Purdue. Oak State, West Virginia. So there's a bevy of games on Saturday. And again, on Sunday, the Michigan-Michigan State rematch is probably the biggest one uh, to keep an eye on. This one in East Lansing, Texas Tech, Baylor. And as Dave Wolosian was talking about, Houston and Memphis uh, playing uh, here in the finale in Houston for this weekend. could Memphis probably going to be like a six or seven point underdog and Memphis very angry that Houston didn't want to play them twice and only wanted to play them once. That's a must win situation for Penny Hardaway's team trying to make the tournament. I might have an eye on them. Do you have a Saturday or Sunday underdog at all that stands out, Brian Edwards, with all that said? Um, You know, I, I, like I was talking about how high I am on Oklahoma State tomorrow night uh, against Baylor um they are at west virginia on saturday i i would say if, if they lose a close game and are in bounce back mode but you know play baylor tough don't lose any confidence or anything i don't know that they would be getting five or six to west virginia but you know if if they have a pretty good performance but yet lose in other words if they were to win at baylor i definitely wouldn't like them because they would be in a flat spot but if they are to lose a competitive game and are getting more than five at West Virginia, um, I, I would probably be interested in Oklahoma State. But I don't know that, that we will will be getting those numbers. All right, we'll see what happens on that one. And again, I would suspect that Providence is getting like three points, five points. I've gone against Villanova before, but Villanova looked shaky at Butler. Couldn't make shots, et cetera. Let a Butler team with a losing record beat them last Saturday. So uh, we'll see about Ed Cooley's team. Providence, 2.30 Saturday afternoon, Eastern time for that matchup and again all of this will wrap up on sunday i know we got to go in a couple of minutes you're going to be hey, uh, yeah one more go that, ahead yeah that butler win at the plus 550 money line underdog uh helped a one guy in uh, at bet mgm in tennessee he had a 12 team parlay for 25 dollars. he turned it into ninety three thousand seven hundred forty. wait wait only- wait wait he had a 12 team parlay he bet 25 yep. bucks, and Butler yep. helped him win what? 
93,740. <laughs> Every single game, all 11 games besides the Butler plus 550 money line, and all the other 11 were money line favorites. But he had the one plus 550 dog that sent the odds Man. to the moon. 93,740 off BetMGM in Tennessee, which only existed for a couple of months. Wow, Tennessee only legalized betting, right, I think December 1st, something like that. So incredible uh, what happens. I had a buddy of mine, you'll love this, who bet in person at the Mandalay Bay uh, or at the Mirage, I think. He bet at the Mirage last Saturday morning, a seven-team parlay that had the likes of Virginia Tech and Oral Roberts and a couple of others. And he hit the seventeen parlay, and he made like uh, almost $1,000 on a $300 bet. So that was pretty good. Not anything like what you just described. And Butler got the big win uh, over Villanova that just reinforces what can happen in March. Speaking of that, Missouri Valley Conference Tournament and automatic bid will play out before we're back. That is Loyola Chicago and um, Drake. They split that regular season uh, two meetings in in 24 hours back in Iowa City um, or in Des Moines back uh, a couple of weeks ago. So those are the two favored teams, but we always see something crazy happen in conference tournament play. Do you do you believe that one of those teams could get upset here and it, and it will probably cost them an at-large bid if they do? Well, you know, since now going into that that uh, those back-to-back games uh, that were at Drake for against Loyola Chicago, you know, they were without uh, Hemphill, their leading scorer and rebounder for both of those games. But since then, their starting point guard, uh, Roman Penn, has gone down with a season-ending injury. He was averaging 11.2 points, 5.5 assists to lead the Valley, and uh, 1.4 steals per game. He's out for the season, and I don't know if Hemphill is going to be ready. They said four weeks when it happened, and I, I think it's been more like two and a half or three weeks since. So, um, if anybody's going to be upset, it would be Drake just because of their personnel losses. I mean, they're without two of their best players, maybe their two best players. All right, so keep an eye on that again. Loyola Chicago and, and Drake have buys into Friday. If you're listening to us on Three Dog Thursday, they're not playing on Thursday. And again, if you're listening later in the weekend, who knows how it plays out for them to get to Sunday in the automatic bid. West Coast Conference Tournament getting underway this weekend, and they even take a break uh, in the middle of that tournament to give teams uh, a night of rest. Again, that is Gonzaga, pre- presumptive number one overall seed Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament. BYU, and, and BYU was competitive, right, in both of the games, but Gonzaga obviously yeah. beat them both times. That's the likely championship game that's out of that. Uh, can can any of these teams really challenge Gonzaga, or is this uh, the, as I said in the last segment bef- before you came back on, is this the Mark Few Invitational, truly, as it seems to be every year in Vegas? I mean, I think Mark Pope and BYU are, are a tournament team, um, and they could probably, you know, keep it close for a little while. I, I don't I don't see them uh, winning outright. And, you know, St. Mary's is normally the finals uh, with Gonzaga. And I got to be honest, I haven't seen St. Mary's play all year. And I I think they've had multiple uh, COVID stoppages, but I I don't think Randy Bennett's got the the type of team uh, that he's accustomed to having this year. Yeah, St. Mary's is 65 in the net, four and six in the conference. 
Uh, and the only other team that's below 100 in the net is Loyola Marymount. So this is more than likely Gonzaga BYU next Tuesday. Of course, we say that, Brian, and watch both of them lose Mark, before, before we even get to the Tuesday night championship game. We'll see how it plays. Uh, we've got to get out of here one more time. They need to be locked in on your social media and on MajorWager.com. Tell them more, Brian Edwards. Yeah, you can find all my picks at, at VegasInsider.com, and you can follow uh, Vegas Insider's uh, Twitter account at TwitVI, T-W-I-T-V-I, and you can follow me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards, and uh, I, my colleague at MajorWager.com wrote all about that uh, 12-game parlay that paid 93000 <laughs> and change. If any of your listeners want to go check out the details, on that one uh thanks for having me as always tj and uh good luck to you and your listeners and there he goes my thanks again to brian edwards who does a fantastic job uh, as he was laying out there picking it all part of majorwager.com and vegas insider with those underdogs for the weekend thanks also to tc martin of the tc martin show in las vegas dave woloshin the afternoon host on sports 56 whbq in memphis tennessee my hometown he has been an, a dean of afternoon sports radio in that market for going back 30 plus years catch uh, dave woloshin and brent norsworthy wolo and stats weekday afternoons and wolo on the play-by-play call of memphis tiger games including the animosity filled game with houston this weekend and can the tigers make a move at the american conference tournament upcoming in Fort Worth, Texas. So many different tournament games going on all over the place, whether it's the SEC in Nashville, the Big Ten in Indianapolis, the Pac-12 like we talked about in Vegas, the Big East back uh, at the Garden uh, with no fans. Uh, Again, limited fans at some of these tournaments, Big 12 in Kansas City, and on and on. Get ready for all the games. West Coast Conference and Missouri Valley Conference are the prominent ones that get rolling this weekend. Watch for the upsets. We look forward to that with all the underdogs. One thing is for sure, you need to subscribe to this podcast. It's getting great for March. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Again, thank you for finding us through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows. If that's how you found us, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Sean Green, Ryan Kramer and company, uh, Colby Dant uh, do a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast and all the picks. They help promote us. We love the relationship with them, but subscribe to this show. No matter how you found it, subscribe. It comes automatically to you on Thursday. And again, if you're listening beyond Thursday, good luck with all the games and the picks this weekend as everything unfolds. We're back next week with Championship Week in full swing. We're closing in on Selection Sunday. Cannot wait. For now, we're done. I'm TJ Reeves for my guest. Thank you for being with me on the nation's only digital radio show devoted to those underdogs in college hoops and much more. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.